Happy New Year, and welcome to the GBC Sermon Podcast for 2020. I'm Mark Rader, Senior Pastor here at Gandhi Baptist Church, and I hope that wherever you are listening to this, you are aware of the Holy Spirit's presence, and are looking forward to all that He will show you this year. This week, we begin a new series entitled The Feels, A Heart Encounter with the Good News, in which we will be exploring a series of emotions and the difference Jesus makes. Emotions are given to us by God and are part of our full humanity, but these precious gifts can sometimes overwhelm or even cripple us. How does the renewing work of Jesus impact our emotional lives? In this message, the second this week, Brett Robinson, our student pastor, considers disappointment, especially disappointment with God and a biblical response. Uh, tonight's readings from Philippians 4, uh, verses 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Well, good evening, church. Uh, Yes, this evening we kick off our new series, The Feels, which is a heart encounter with the good news. And uh, this series is based on uh, emotions and exploring emotions. And this, uh, and this particular series, the foundation of the series is uh, that God has actually created us uh, as, as emotional beings. He's created uh, and given us emotions to experience and that these emotions are fundamentally helpful for us as we navigate life. And... Um, but as a preaching staff, as we, as we jump into this series, uh, we acknowledge that we are preachers, uh, but we are not psychologists. And so these sermons that we uh, explore in this series are personal observations uh, and reflections based on each particular uh, topic that we're having a look at. And that being said, it may actually be helpful that if you are after some more information or if you would like to explore any of these topics further, that it's actually appropriate to potentially reach out to someone else who has some more professional expertise in those areas, whether that be a counsellor or a psychologist or a life coach or whoever that might be, that that might actually be helpful. But this particular series, we'll be looking at a bunch of equations that were created by Chip Conley in his book, Emotional Equations. Uh, If you've never heard of Chip Conley, that's okay. I have never heard of him either. Um, There is no prerequisite to know who he is or anything about his work that is absolutely fine. Uh, But Chip Conley has basically taken a whole bunch of emotions that, that humans experience and feel and has provided a mathematical equation for each of these emotions to help us understand what goes into each one of those emotions. And so tonight, we are going to be looking at disappointment. And it's probably appropriate that we look at this tonight, especially with the sentiment uh, that our nation is feeling. There's a whole wide range of different emotions, but one of those uh, feelings that we can be feeling right now is disappointment. But Chip Connolly, His mathematical equation for disappointment is disappointment equals expectation minus reality. Expectation minus reality. So 
If expectation is 10 and reality is 5, we feel disappointed. And disappointment is actually quite a strong emotion that we feel. We've all heard the saying, now I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. Oh, just cut so deep. In, in many occasions, we'd prefer it if somebody was angry with us than, disappoint, than disappointed in us. But disappointment is an emotion that we have all felt. No doubtedly, we have all felt. And there are various experiences. We can be disappointed in someone else when someone says that they are going to do something and they don't. Uh, we feel disappointed. And that can be reciprocated. When we say we're going to do something and we don't, others can feel disappointed in us as well. But we can also feel disappointed in ourselves. When we make a commitment and then we fall short of that commitment, we can actually feel disappointed within our own actions. But I think it can go a little bit deeper than this as well. And I actually suspect that we can actually feel disappointed in our own character. Moments that go beyond, uh, look, I'm really sorry I let you down. I said I would do this and I haven't to actually going, you know what, I'm really disappointed in who I am. I expect better from me, I want better from me, and I'm really disappointed in who I have become. Disappointment can also uh, stretch beyond just a circumstance as well. Uh, if we experience disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, we can actually develop what is known as chronic disappointment. And chronic disappointment isn't just when it's disappointment upon disappointment, but it can be experienced when a, a situational circumstance that provides uh, an opportunity for us to feel disappointment, and then that disappointment actually perpetuates on for a long period of time. An example would be, the great Australian dream, which is to buy your own home. But with housing affordability going down, there is a generation of Australians who are increasingly realising that housing and the opportunity to buy a house is perhaps becoming unrealistic. And so the disappointment that is felt in realising that perhaps we will never own our own home can actually be a, a chronic disappointment that perpetuates on for a long period of time. Another example might be retirement. We have an expectation of what retirement might be like, but then when we actually get to retirement, that experience disappoints us. It doesn't live up to the expectation. We can experience this in relationships that we have, and we can experience this in relationships that we wish we had. We can experience this when we have a desire to start a family, and the reality isn't that we are able to start a family. And we can experience this in our career. We can feel like at a certain period of time, I really had expected that my career would have progressed further than what it is now. And that disappointment goes beyond just that moment of realising that. It can be a disappointment that we live on for a period of time. And when we feel this chronic disappointment in particular, it can have an effect on a whole wide range of other different emotions. You know, disappointment can be often linked to uh, 
well, we can have a mixture of disappointment and other emotions. We can have sadness and disappointment, as we talked about with the, with the Australian fires. We can, have, um, we can feel angry and disappointed at the same time. Uh, we can feel frustrated and disappointed. Um, as I mentioned, with the current bushfire crisis that we're experiencing in our nation right now, I, I suspect that many people within our nation are feeling despair, perhaps anger, perhaps mourning, as well as a sense of disappointment that these fires aren't under control or perhaps that they aren't put out. And when, when we experience disappointment on a, on a regular and ongoing basis or when we experience chronic disappointment, it can have an impact on things like depression, anxiety, and it can also lead uh, to cynicism. If we are always being disappointed, if everything in life disappoints us, we can become pretty cynical pretty quickly. But when we experience disappointment, there are a number of things and ways in which we can respond. And one of the ways in which we respond is we actually tinker with the equation. And so we have a look at the equation that disappointment equals expectation minus reality. And so what we can do is we can either take expectation and lower it to our reality, or we can change the reality that we are experiencing to try to meet our expectations. And so if we have an expectation that is higher than our reality and our effort is to reduce that expectation, this can actually be a good thing because our expectations might be inflated, our expectations might be selfish, our expectations might be unrealistic. And so when we feel that disappointment, the endeavour to reduce that expectation can actually be a good thing. However, if we continue to reduce our expectations, what we can do is end up in a position where we actually have low expectations or no expectations. And when we are living with no expectations, we have no goals, we have no desires, no dreams, what we're left with is a sense of hopelessness. Well, the other option, if we're not going to try to change our expectations, is to change our reality. And again, this can actually be a good thing. If we feel disappointed about a particular circumstance, that disappointment can provide motivation for us to change the reality that we are experiencing. If we are disappointed with a mark that we receive in an exam, that disappointment can motivate us to change our behaviour so that next time when we sit an exam, the result will be different. So that motivation can actually be positive. But pushed too far, we can actually become obsessed. We can become workaholics. And there are other consequences that are associated when we actually try to change the reality in which we are living. And for example, sitting down to write this sermon for the tonight, I actually really, really struggled with writing this sermon. And I spent a lot of time preparing. 
And Friday is my day off. I spent all day Friday working on it. I spent all day Saturday working on this sermon. And the cost of that, the cost of feeling disappointed with what I had prepared so far, the expectation that I had for this message and the reality of what had been prepared at that point in time, that disappointment that I felt had consequences because what had happened is that I actually missed out on spending time with my family. My kids go swimming in the pool and, and have fun at, my, at, at Nana's house and, and here I am sitting in front of a computer preparing a sermon. And so we can see that disappointment is an emotion that can actually be beneficial for us. It can be helpful to reduce expectations if they're inflated and it can be helpful to provide motivation to change situations. But we also can realise very quickly that disappointment can actually be quite detrimental to us. But what about disappointment and faith? What happens when we feel disappointed in God? An example of a situation where, where we hoped and expected that God would respond in a certain way for us, and he just doesn't. When we pray for rain in the midst of devastating drought, and rain doesn't come. When we pray for the relief from bushfires, and they just seem to get worse and worse. What about, what about your life? Have you ever experienced a situation where you had hoped or expected that God would respond in a certain way and he just doesn't? The reality of the experience of the situation just does not match the expectation. When we find ourselves in this position, the opportunity to change reality might not be there. We can't physically break the drought. We can't physically just eliminate the threat of bushfire on our own. And so then the other option then is to start to reduce expectation. But what happens when we begin to reduce expectation and hope that we have in God? You know, we can begin to reduce his sovereignty. We can begin to think that you know, maybe God isn't willing to actually help me. Maybe God, maybe God doesn't even care. And as we continue just to reduce that expectation, we can get to a point where we think, maybe God doesn't actually have the ability to help me or to help us. And if we keep going down, we actually reduce God altogether and he becomes non-existent in our lives. So how do we respond when the expectations that we have in the good news, in the promises of God, don't match the realities that we face? Because removing God out of the equation seems a pretty dire situation to be in. Well, in Philippians chapter 4, in the passage that we read tonight, the context is that the Philippian church that they face that they are facing pressure from their community. The Philippian 
city, uh, Philippi, is a Roman city. And it's a Roman city that is preoccupied with pagan worship practices. The church within Philippi is a mix of Jewish converts as well as non-Jewish pagan converts. And so you can imagine how complex the dynamic of that church must have been. So not only are they facing difficulties from outside the church, but there are whole sorts of challenges that that church are facing inside the church. And so the reality of the pressure and the challenges that they faced really did not meet the expectation of the good news about Jesus. You know, among a wide range of emotions that they must have been going through, under the threat of persecution, under the challenge of of how the church should respond, of how the church should operate as a community of faith, one of these emotions most definitely would have been a sense of disappointment. Is this what the church is actually meant to look like? I kind of expected it to be a little bit different. But before we jump into this particular passage, it's really helpful to note that a sense of where our experience does not match our hope or our expectations in God, this is not just isolated to the church in Philippi. This is an experience that is uh, something that the people of God experience throughout history. It is an experience throughout the Old Testament. If you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40, the Israelite people, are a people who have been captured and have been taken away from their homeland. Uh, They can remember the promises of God. They can remember the promises that were given to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob, and yet here they are living in exile. The reality that they were experiencing does not match the promises that they were given by God. And so in verse 27... We hear, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. The Israelite people, whilst feeling probably a whole wide range of emotions, are feeling disappointment. The expectation of who they are as God's chosen people, the promises that he has given them and the reality in which they live don't match. And so how does the author respond? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The author is pleading to the Israelite people to do two things. 
The first thing is to remember. Remember who God is. God is everlasting. He is eternal. God does not grow tired or weary. And God's understanding of the world and how it works, God's understanding of your situation and your circumstance stretches beyond your own comprehension and understanding. And the author reminds them of the promises that they have. God gives strength to persevere to those who place their hope and trust in him. Remember who God is and hold on to the hope and the promises that he provides. And so when we think about the equation, disappointment equals expectations minus reality. We could say that the author is really pleading with the Israelite people that in remembering who God is and holding on to his promises, not to let their expectations of God down. Do not reduce the expectations of God. Remember who he is. Remember what he has done. Remember how he brought you out of Egypt. Remember his promises. Remember his faithfulness and how he acted. And hold on to the hope that we have in him. Do not let your expectations fall. But how do we express this in our lives? Like, to be honest, I think this sounds good in theory. Hold on to who God is, remember who he is, and hold on to his promises. I find that that is easier said than done. And so how, how do we express this in our lives? when we really feel disappointed in God? What does it look like to remember who God is and his promises? Do we simply just swallow our disappointment and push it way down inside of us and just pretend that we actually don't feel disappointed at all? It's okay. I'm just going to hold on to knowing who God is and, and his promises. I'm just going to pretend that I don't feel disappointed at all. Well, the passage that we had a look at tonight in Philippians chapter 4, I believe provides us with a little bit of guidance in how we can respond appropriately. And I'm going to read these verses again to us from verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will, guide your, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In the midst of disappointment, 
as well as a whole wide range of other emotions that are going on, the Philippian church are invited to rejoice despite their situation, to celebrate what God has done in the past and to celebrate the promises that they have in the good news that is found in Jesus. Don't let the situation or the circumstance stop you from from worshipping, from praising, from giving thanks to God for what he has done in the past, even though the situation that we experience right now is disappointing. Remember what he has done. Don't reduce your expectations of God. But also this passage goes further. Right. By prayer and petition, present your requests before God. Being thankful and holding on to hope, despite our situation, despite the reality that we face, doesn't mean we have to pretend not to be disappointed. We are invited to share our disappointment with God whilst at the same time holding on to the promises that we have in the good news of Jesus. And in doing so, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to invite the band up now. And as they come, I'd like to ask you this question. Is there something in your life that has left you feeling disappointed right now? Or is there a situation where you actually feel disappointed in God? Where you expected God to respond in a certain way and the reality that you face just is not what you had hoped or expected. I'm going to invite you to bring that disappointment to God right now and to share that with him. And we are going to sing a song and we're going to rejoice in the Lord. We're going to sing a song that is called It Is Well. And I don't know if you know the song or if you don't. If you don't know the, this song, then feel free to just sit and to listen to the lyrics. Now, this is a song that is an adaptation of a hymn that was written by Horatio Spafford. Horatio was a wealthy lawyer who lived in the 1800s and he lost a very large property portfolio in the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. He pretty much lost all of his wealth in one tragic event. The reports are that that very same year Horatio's four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. 
on a voyage of new beginnings in a hope to start again while crossing the Atlantic. The ship that Horatio's wife and four daughters were on were hit by a cargo vessel and sank. Horatio's four daughters all perished. Horatio wrote the hymn, It is well with my soul after these tragedies. Talk about disappointment, right? Amongst grief, amongst anger, amongst pain, just disappointment. And so as we stand and as we sing now, an adaptation of that hymn. Our prayer team will be at the front, and if there's anything that you would like to pray for, they would love to pray for you. But as we sing, let us bring whatever disappointment that we have. Let us share that disappointment with God. But at the same time, hold on to his promises and declare who he is. And let us not reduce the expectations that we have of him down because of our disappointment. One response to disappointment is to lower our expectations to such a degree that we stop hoping for anything. This isn't a great response, but is especially devastating in our relationship with God. When we are disappointed with our reality, we are able to bring that to God and, through gratitude, hold on to the promises and character of God. This stance of faith in the face of disappointment is profoundly biblical even if it's not that easy. Is there someone you know who needs to hear this message too? If so, why not share it with them and see what God does to that? As always, we'd love to hear from you as you hear and respond to the invitation of God. You can find us on Facebook or visit our website at guymeabaptist.org.au. God bless.